0: Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. International celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. (laughs) Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at everythingscarypod. Here we go.
1: Hey, what's up? Yeah. Levels are coming in?
0: I think so. Nice. Yeah.
1: Producer land.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, let me just put my cursor over top to make sure we're still... All right. All okay. right. Things are happening.
1: Um, So I saw that you posted on social media that we have hit a pretty big milestone.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: So uh, let us hear that.
0: Yeah, we finally, well, now we're surpassed it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we hit
1: 100,000 downloads. That now is a download. Because I don't download, if, unless I'm flying, I don't download podcasts. Right. I just listen to them. Right. So if I'm, um, and the only podcast of Everything Scary I listen to is when you do the, the solo <laughs> ones. But if I listen, does that count as a download? Is download just a term or do they mean literal People have hit the button and- they That is a good question. We, and we're we not a hundred percent sure. We're not a hundred on that okay. one. Okay.
0: But you know, even my mom was proud and she is not super supportive even, of the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> even my mom was
1: proud. She fucking hates us.
0: Yeah, she hates us. Ah. So we just recorded the tale of Zach Bowen and Addie Hall for the Patreon.
1: Fucking like just, you want to talk about just a tragic- Crazy. All around, yeah. Just
0: such, like, you did not see that story going where it went, did no, you? No, no, not at all. I've been a little jaded by it ever since I I read the book. But if you guys want to hear that, we, we just recorded a new Patreon episode, and it was a lot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what you're getting into when you're doing a story, right? I do think you but forget halfway
0: through a lot yeah, of times, though.
1: I would say, yeah, that's a good call. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're just, you know, kind of... We're
0: having fun. We're New Orleans. Like, people are drinking. Shit. Yeah. But Crazy.
1: There's like I'm, so many strippers. And
0: so many. We call them dancers, but that's fine. That's right. Now we're going to go a different route. It's a different way of telling a story than I ever have done it before. It was... A documentary that I watched a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and it's always stuck with me. Uh, it's an HBO documentary, and it's called There's Something Wrong with Aunt mm. I'm going to go through the episode with you. Um, okay. There's going to be some random things that I looked up on the side that weren't in the documentary, but I need to know your theory, and I would love to hear what other people think, too, okay. because it is so wild.
1: All right. Uh, I even
0: like it. We went for my mom's birthday today, and I uh, was telling it to my dad, and he was like, Wow, like that is really confusing. Yeah. So let's go. This one is. Happy birthday
1: to your mom, by the way. Thank you.
0: Uh, (laughs) Where did you
1: go? What did you do? We just
0: went to her house. It was just, we just stopped by, gave her a present. The kids. Destroyed her house. Nice. and Yeah, that was that.
1: You're like, hey, mom. Also, we're all kind of hungry, <laughs> so if you could just whip <laughs> us up something, that'd be great.
0: I brought like cookies for all of the kids to decorate, and uh, I got them at theirs They were on clearance because they were Valentine's Day cookies, oh, love and that. they came with icing and like all the little beads and Perfect. stuff to put them on. Except it was red icing, so it was like <gasps> my kids go from. They were literally like a frat house let out at the end of the night. Like Mm -hmm. Jake was just like he was bull running into me. Like he bent over and just with his head he kept running into my stomach over and over again. I was like, please make this stop. (laughs) But anyways, we're here now. There with my husband. That's his problem. That's his problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're gonna cover this story. I wanted to start off by telling you a bit about like our main character kind of thing. Her name is Diane Schuler. She was born on November thirteenth of nineteen seventy two. She was the youngest of four kids with three older brothers. When Diane was nine, her mother had started an affair with the family neighbor. Mm. And she decided that she wanted to start a new life with him. Though she was able to maintain some sort of a relationship with her three sons, Diane was firm in her stance that she wanted absolutely nothing to do with this woman who was responsible for breaking up her family. In some ways, a lot of people who were close to Diane kind of felt like this event was what kind of shaped her in her adulthood as becoming a mother and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. uh, as a mother and a wife, it was well known that if Diane liked you, you knew it. But if she didn't like you, you also knew it. <laughs>
1: Ooh, she'd freeze you out.
0: Yeah. Friends mm-hmm. would also say that in school, Diane was a class clown and that people just loved to be around her. Because if you hung out with Diane, you knew you would be laughing all night.
1: Oh, nice. I don't know if I've ever heard of a funny Diane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got a load of Diane, right? right?
1: Have you ever heard somebody say, you know who really made me laugh last night? Nobody's ever said Diane. Or Barbara. Barbara.
0: So, Diane met her husband, Daniel, at a friend's wedding, and the two hit it off. Diane had not really put too much thought into being a relationship before Daniel, and then when they met, this was it for her. She kind of knew that he was her person, Mm. and he would be her first and only love. They would marry, and eight years later, they would welcome their first baby, a boy who they named Brian. And three years later, they would uh, welcome a little girl who they named Aaron.
1: All right. I was a little worried there with the Diane. And what was his name? His name is Daniel. Oh, you Daniel, thought they were going to do a two D D's. thing? Yeah. It yeah. to go your
0: way. That was like the Darlie. You don't remember that story. Darlie Routier. Oh, remember.
1: yes. And then they were all Devin. Like the Devin, Diane.
0: You don't remember any of Darius. it, do you? No. Do you even know where you are right now? Nope. <laughs>
1: No, I do not.
0: (laughs) So the couple had purchased a modest home in West Babylon, New York.
1: Wicked name. (laughs) So biblical.
0: So Daniel would say that it had a decent sized backyard. It was big enough for their small family to enjoy. And one common thing that was said about Diane as a mother was people who knew her always said that they didn't know how she found the time. For everything. Mm. She was the breadwinner of the
1: family, bringing in, Jesus. Sorry, I dropped my pen. Can I pick it up? Yes, you can. (laughs) Imagine I was like, nah. (laughs) That's right. You must sit here and listen (laughs) and not take any notes.
0: No pens for you. You Yeah, fucked it up once. (laughs) You know you have one chance. (laughs) So, yeah. So, she was bringing in $100,000 a year as a director of credit and billing and collections at Cablevision. Nice. Uh Uh-huh not that Dan didn't work. He worked in security and he worked overnight. So their schedules were opposite each other. Hmm. But whenever there was any kind of special event like she was that mom, you know that goes hard for like Christmas like big
1: bake sale you're doing right a, yeah.
0: blown up things out on the front yard like mm-hmm. she would always go around telling people like get in the spirit.
1: Mm. Oh my God! That's great.
0: <laughs> Friends would say that Brian and Aaron, the two little kids, were always looking their absolute best. Like they were meticulously cared for; mm-hmm. there wasn't a hair out of place. They would even say that Diane was the perfect PTA mom. Now her kids were five and two, so I'm not totally sure if that's just a way that people use to describe her as the type of mom that she was, or if she was actually on the or literally PTA. On the, yeah, I don't know, but either way, she was pretty. You know. Tightly wound when it I'm came saying, to certain things.
1: I noticed you haven't signed up for homeroom mom yet.
0: <laughs> Can we get you signed up there? So, you know, she loved being this over-the-top, like, boisterous mom, doing all the things that she did. She never took a day. So those close to Diane would state in the documentary that, well, some parents might, you know, choose to have a drink or two and then drive with their kids in the car. Diane would have been that first person to chastise, like even one drink. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah? yeah. She would tell that person, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that with your car. Like she was very vocal about her opinions. And her opinions were if you have precious cargo, mm-hmm. don't do it. So she at was all. a real
1: Diane, is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> so Diane was known to have a very strong opinion. And if she felt like you were in the wrong, she was not against vocalizing that opinion. Mm-hmm which would make the horrific events of what took place on Sunday, July twenty-six of 2009 that much more harder to comprehend. Mm-mm. For the third summer in a row, Diane and Dan had taken their children to Hunter Lake Campground in Parksville, New York for just some nice relaxing time together at a camp and get away from the hustle and bustle. And they also had their three nieces join them, as they had the year before. And they had had a great time. Their nieces were 8-year-old Emma, 7-year-old Allie, and five-year-old Kate. Those were Diane's brother, Warren, and his wife, Jackie's children. Gotcha. On that morning, Dan had woken up first and took the dog out. He then started the coffee, then he woke up his wife, Diane, and they began to clean up the campsite and get ready to leave. The owner of the campsite is named Ann Scott, and she actually recalls seeing the family leave that morning. So, Dan was in his truck with his dog, and Diane was in a 2003 Maroon Ford AeroStar minivan. Nice. That she had borrowed from her brother in order to transport all of the children. Anne recalled hearing the children in the back of the car screaming and laughing, like, happily. And she poked her head in to ask if they all had a good time, to which they all responded that they had and they couldn't wait to return. The night before, on Saturday... Diane had made all five children pose together on a giant rock. Um, I will post that picture to our Instagram because it really is like it's one of those ones. Like as a mom, you're like nailed it. They're all looking at the camera, Standard they're all smiling. Photo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the rock, right before somebody fell and cried. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, as planned, after leaving the campground, Diane soon made a stop at McDonald's at 9:56 a.m., where they had gone inside to eat something, and they were the employees at the store were later interviewed. Mm-hmm including the one that had served them. And they said that nothing seemed off. Diane showed no signs of being off or being intoxicated. They ate and they got back on track to go home. A short while later at 1046 a.m. in Liberty, New York, Diane pulled into a Sunoco gas station. She pulled right up to the pump, but did not get gas. She instead went inside and it was later determined that she had asked the worker if they had any over-the-counter pain medication. They told her that they didn't, and she went back out to the van, and they pulled off. This will turn out to be very important. Okay. Uh, What I should mention is that we see her on the security footage, make her way in, talk to the employee, and leave. There is no indication from this video that she is struggling with walking or anything, really. She doesn't look hammered. No, absolutely not. And that employee also said that she seemed perfectly fine. At 11.37 a.m., Diane called the mother to the three girls that were in the car. She had told her that they hit a bit of traffic and that they would be a little bit later than originally anticipated, but the girls should be back in time to make it to their play practice. So, the girls were starring in a play that they would be performing. Diane even mentioned to Jackie to get her two tickets to attend the play. She said that Erin, her little girl, would sit on her lap. Daniel, her husband, would be working So she would only need seats for her and her little guy, Brian. Mm. So at this time, too, she was clearly thinking and thinking ahead as well.
2: Do you love true crime and traveling? Having traveled the world solo the last couple of years and being obsessed with true crime, I found myself researching others who took the same vacations but never made it home. The Last Trip is a true crime podcast covering missing and murdered people that were living their best lives on vacation. I'm your host, Jamie Beebe, and each week I'll bring you on The Last Trip, taking a deep dive into vacation culture and travel spots, tips on staying alive while traveling, and ultimately, recreating someone's last days in paradise. What led to their last trip? And could you be next? Kara Henry vanished from Maui, Hawaii while traveling solo, And after extensive searches, there are still no leads. Did she meet with the wrong person, fall into the ocean, or simply walk away from her life? Elijah Snow and his wife were celebrating their 10th wedding anniversary in Cancun, Mexico. Elijah was last seen on camera walking up the steps to his hotel room, only minutes after his wife got in the elevator to also go to bed. He was found dead the next morning, beaten, and stuck in a window at an abandoned neighboring resort. The Mexican authorities said it was an accident. His family said it was murder. Join me, Jamie Beebe, co-host of the popular true crime series, Strictly Stalking, as I embark on a brand new adventure combining true crime and travel. Listen to The Last Trip wherever you get your podcasts, and follow The Last Trip on Instagram at The Last Pod. So,
0: what happened then at 12 p.m., which is only 23 minutes after she made that call. Witnesses now said they were seeing Diane's vehicle and it was driving very quickly and tailing cars, flashing its lights, honking its horn. Well, get out of the way! Yeah. It was trying to get other vehicles to move out of its way. And one of the witnesses said that she was moving in and out of lanes, but it mm. wasn't swerving. It was like she was moving in and out with precision.
1: But calculated to, to get up and exactly spots.
0: Yeah, So, it wasn't swerving. She was moving in and out of the lanes with precision. And when they looked to see who was driving, it was Diane, but it wasn't like she was, like, drunkenly dozing. She wasn't distracted by her phone or the radio or even the kids. She had her hands at 10 and 2, and she was glaring at the road ahead of her.
1: In the zone.
0: Yeah. But she seemed to have zero consideration for the cars around Mm. her. At one point, she even moved so quickly from the right lane to the center lane that it caused the vehicle that she had cut off to swerve, narrowly avoiding hitting her. And this same witness said that she aggressively changed lanes and you could see the heads of the children in the back of the van sway.
1: she's pulling into the lane, geez.
0: Yeah. Other witnesses said that she was cutting them off using the shoulder. She was going up along the shoulder to cut people off. So what could have so drastically changed in such a short period of time? As they were approaching, a roadside rest stop... A different witness said that Diane took the exit as well as them, but instead of heading all the way to like where the gas and the food and everything is, she kind of veered off to where the truck stop is. Mm -hmm. And they said that when they looked, uh, they noticed that she had gotten out and she had her hands on her knees and looked as though she was getting violently sick.
1: Pains on, okay, I get you. So Mm -hmm. you're standing, you're just like kind of bending over, throwing up.
0: So, you know, they kept driving, they were going to go for food and gas and they couldn't say for sure that she was getting sick, but that was the stance that she took when she mm-hmm. got out. At 12.30 p.m., the same witness left the rest stop and looked over to the truck stop to see if she was still there and she was not. So at 12.55, it was determined that Diane or someone who had her phone had tried to make a call out of her phone but had dialed the wrong number. Ooh. At 1.01, uh, there was a two-and-a-half-minute long call to Jackie Hance, so the girl's mother where she said that Diane was now sounding strange. This call is ended after two and a half minutes, and Diane's brother, the father of the girls, called back. Diane said that her vision was foggy and she felt disoriented. Warren said that she did not sound at all like herself and that he could hear all the kids crying in the background. Oh, Jesus. And at some point in the call, Diane called him by her husband's name. He would tell her to stay where she was and he would come to her. His oldest daughter, Emma, would get on the phone, and she sounded very scared. And that's where the title of the documentary came from, because Emma would say to her parents, there's mm. something wrong with Aunt Diane. She would say that Aunt Diane can't see and that her head hurts. Warren told Emma to read him a sign so that he could figure out where they were. And Emma, thinking. Yeah. Emma read Terrytown. So they're on the Tappan Zee Bridge. Oh, shit. Yeah. And... You know, I asked around. I'm sure I'll get an answer here. It's a toll bridge, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so New York, I think.
0: I did talk to a few people from New York. And as of, I think, 2016, it's gone, you know, toll free. It's just, they do like the 407 here. They read, they scan yeah, like your an plate easy pass or, whatever. or you have yeah. your little transponder thingy. Yep. But before that, so this is 2009. I'm not sure. So I don't know if she actually had to speak with somebody. I'm sure it would have come up in the documentary if she had have spoken with somebody.
1: Now, um, I know that back in the day, like I've seen unmanned toll booths where you throw your change into the basket, it counts it, and it lifts the arm up. Okay. So maybe it was kind of like half and half, like maybe she mm-hmm. did throw the cash in, but are you that alert yeah. to throw your cash in? Or is it just like muscle memory almost?
0: Maybe. That's a good point. But uh, at 1.10pm, another 3 missed calls would be made from Diane's phone, and then at one15 her brother would try again to reach his sister and his children, but this would go to voicemail. So after that last phone call, where Emma spoke to her father, Diane's cell phone was then left on the side of the Tappan Zee Bridge right after they had went through the toll. Mm. A stranger would find it sitting on the guide rail, which obviously meant that all communications between the outside world and anyone in the van had ceased. And also because the cell phone was now left behind and the van was a 2003 model, they were unaware of the next steps that she made. They did find it strange that she had gotten off the highway um, at all because Diane had made this trip many times. And it was not typical of her to deviate from the regular route that she would have taken. However, for whatever reason, on this day, she did. And that was when she entered the Teutonic Parkway. And she entered by getting onto the exit ramp.
1: Oh, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that.
0: Diane proceeded to drive 1.7 miles or 2.7 kilometers going 70 miles per hour or 113 kilometers per hour.
1: In the wrong way? In the wrong direction.
0: Oh, wow. And she was headed south in the northbound lane. <sighs> Naturally, after speaking with Diane and Emma, Warren was beside himself. But he thought Diane was experiencing maybe some kind of a medical episode So he called Diane's husband, who got in his car and began looking for his wife and the car full of kids. Meanwhile, 911 was called, and they were trying to trace Diane's cell phone, which, of course, didn't Mm -hmm. render any helpful results. At around 1.30 p.m., calls started flooding into 911 with reports of a red van in the fast lane going the wrong way in traffic. And then, devastatingly, at 1.35 the inevitable call came in saying that there had been a terrible accident and that there were multiple fatalities. Mm. Diane's van had hit a Chevrolet Trailblazer that was carrying three men head-on. That caused the Trailblazer to go into the middle lane, hitting a red vehicle. In the red vehicle, the passenger survived. However, the three men in the Trailblazer, who were 81-year-old Michael Bastardi, his 49-year-old son Guy Bastardi, and their family friend, 74-year-old Dan Longo, were all sadly killed on impact. They were on their way to Guy's sister's home for a dinner of spaghetti and meatballs. Oh. Upon impact, the van holding Diane and the children became airborne, rotating in the air and landing in the grassy median where the van started fire. Witnesses to the accident ran over to help, and when they got there, one of them smashed the passenger window to reach in and unlock the door Diane fell out of the van at their
1: feet. Oh my God.
0: And then they had to go in and find the children. There was a large smashed bottle of absolute vodka in the the wheel well of the, or not the wheel well, the um, floor of the driver. The two men opened the door and they said that they had to step over her body to get to the children out of the burning vehicle. The kids were stacked one on top of the other and... These two men, one worked on getting the children out and was handing them to the other men. When paramedics arrived, they found five-year-old Brian. He was underneath all the children and he seemed to be injured badly, but he was awake and he was crying. So he was the first to be taken into the ambulance. Another one of Warren and Jackie's daughters would survive the initial crash, but would sadly succumb to her injuries later on. Um, this would be the worst car accident on the Teutonic Parkway since 1934, when a bus crashed and killed 20 people. Wow. Of course, traffic was at a standstill, mm-hmm. and there were still people trying to take pictures of the vehicle. And one of the first responders Ugh. would say that they put up sheets to try and preserve their dignity, and that that was all that they could do for them, because, quote, there was no one left to help.
1: I hate people. hmm Like, Taking photos of that, like, geez, well, you look at like even Kobe Bryant's wife, like she just won, not just, but like won millions of dollars from like the police department because they were, the police were taking photos and showing it around. You're kidding. Like. I didn't uh, even hear that. Yeah. That's disgusting. People suck.
0: You know, normally when it's a chaotic scene like this, there're a bunch of people involved, and I try to just keep things as clear and concise as possible. Mm-hmm. Um if I start just saying random names of people who are going to be in the story just for a minute or two, it just clogs things up. Yeah. So I usually just leave out people's names, but in this case the two men who didn't know each other from Adam, who came together in that moment and then they just ran towards the view. Oh, those were
1: random guys? Just random oh, guys I thought they were
0: didn't know each other. Oh, okay. They were the one guy? So they ran together towards the van that was fully engulfed to try and save these children. <laughs> their names were Kevin Martz and Edward Blakey. And I think they deserve their names said because they just went against their instinct to do what. Like
1: that's superhero. Right. That's legit. right? That's and- burning car kids. That's the hallmark of a legitimate hero.
0: And that's the Edward, he... Broke my heart when I, cause I had to watch it uh, multiple times to like be able to get all this down. But he said that like, he just kept saying to one of the little girls, like, please wake up, Jesus, please let her wake mm-hmm. up. And he said afterwards, he just went to the top of the hill and he just broke down crying. And then he came out and he tried to save the men that were in the other vehicle, but there was no saving them wow. them. Yeah. So five days after the funeral, Diane's autopsy results would come back. And at a press conference on August 4th of 2009, it would show that Diane had a blood alcohol content of 0.19%. Is
1: that drunk?
0: 0.08 is legal. So think about it this way. So 0.1, it means all of your blood is alcohol. And she had 0.26 in her stomach. So she had not digested another 0.07%.
1: That's almost like like princess diana's limo driver it was the same story there was the footage of him in the hotel and they were like he doesn't look drunk and then they tested i think that was it
0: well here's the thing okay so little little brian he survived he would have broken bones and due to a head injury he would have ocular motor nerve palsy which would affect the movement of his right eye and he would have to do eye exercises you know Mm. for a really long time but She was at 0.19. The fluid in her eye would measure at 0.21. And her stomach contents were 0.26. So she hadn't even absorbed all the alcohol. She also had a THC level of 113 nanograms per milliliter. So what that means is that she would have had to smoke marijuana 15 minutes to an hour before the accident. Mm. I messaged you about because it's 2009, do we think that it's smoked? And uh, yeah, I, I think that would really be, unless somebody's making weed brandies and mm-hmm. she's eating that in the car. But yeah, it's smoked. And like medicinal marijuana was not even made legal in New York until 2014. So like it couldn't have even been. Mm-hmm. However it was obtained, it was obtained illegally. So with a BAC, what Diane had at that stage of inebriation, you would have started to, you know, lose understanding, you would start to lose your, you'd have severe motor impairment, yeah. loss of consciousness, memory loss, or blackout. And of course, the consumption of weed would enhance these effects. So considering all these things that I told you about Diane, like who she was as a person, this would seem horribly out of character for her, right? Mm-hmm. Well, her husband, Daniel, and her sister-in-law, who was Daniel's brother's wife, so not the mother of the, okay. the children. So Daniel's brother's wife, her name is Jay. Um, they both truly believe that not in a million years would Diane drunk and high with the children in the car. Mm-hmm. It went against everything everyone knew about her. In the documentary, Daniel starts off by saying that she never drank and she really didn't even drink to relax. But then when it's brought up to him that there's a broken bottle of absolute vodka in the car, he kind of backpedals and says, like, well, Diane packed the truck or the van. Like, I wasn't aware that it was in there, but like you know, sometimes down by, like, the fire, this was Jay, her sister-in-law, so that sometimes down by the fire, they would have, like, a pina colada or something, and so they would have, pack the mm-hmm. pina colada's rum, it's not vodka. Yeah, so. right, right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's neither here nor there.
1: Well, I mean, and, you know, addicts are wonderful at one thing, and that is lying about their addiction. And but
0: that's a uh, thing, like, what kind of gets me is, it seems like she was fine until she wasn't, though. You know what I mean? Like, it got to the point where she could no, no longer see. She couldn't do anything. And not to mention, she's got this big, giant bottle of vodka under These kids aren't going to see her chugging a giant bottle p- and smoking weed. Like, I yeah. don't... I, my mom tonight, my God, bless her. Cause I was like, yeah, mom, she You're had this weed? giant bottle of alcohol in the car and like, she's going to be trying. She goes, yeah, it takes a lot of practice to do something like
1: that. Ah, amazing. And I was like, mom, I what? Mom.
0: <laughs> my dad's like, she can do a 40, but a
1: 60. Ah, forget about that's it. Right, yeah that's <laughs> right. No spring chicken anymore.
0: <laughs> so, you know, and then Daniel would say in, in this thing that she would never smoke weed, ever, ever. And then it kind of came down to like, well, every now and then, just to, like relax, she would like maybe smoke a little bit of weed, but it was like once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not really exactly sure where she stood. Like I, her blood was frigging a lot of alcohol.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm assuming when people are saying they didn't realize she was drunk, she wasn't drinking at that time. So then is she slamming it in a really short amount of time? I just don't know. I I don't
0: know. And so like her husband is saying like, this is not the legacy we want her to leave. Like so, Jay and her husband are like determined. They're going to spend thousands of dollars, and they're going to get it figured out. There's something medically wrong that went wrong here.
1: That's what I thought. Like my whole thing, I was thinking like I think it's diabetes. Or if if you don't regulate your sugar, you mirror Ferment symptoms it. of being drunk.
0: Right. right? Well, like, if your blood sugar goes low when you're when you are diabetic, I'll, I'll tell you a story about my sister because she's a juvenile diabetic, and so when she was in. High school, and she was like trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So what she was doing was she was eating pickles because you don't gain any weight from pickles, and really? she was drinking juice. So she would eat pickles and drink juice. So she was trying to regulate her, but she wasn't getting any carbohydrates She wasn't getting anything that she actually needed. Right,
1: like apple juice or pickle juice.
0: I don't know. It you just mean
1: juice, fruit juice. I think
0: juice with sugar in it. I don't think yeah, okay. juice has sugar. In it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a nightmare to be around. She yeah. smelled like garlic all the time. Uh, no, but she, so she fell low. And like, you didn't really know Haley was low until it was like, oh, something's really wrong. Right. And so she got up one day and like, she was just being a nuisance. Like the teacher was like, Haley, and she's very timid. Like she's very, you know, kept to herself. Mm. And the teacher was like, Haley, what are you doing? And Haley just walks up. She's got this smug look on her face and she walks up to the board and she just starts with the chalk, writes a B list. ball bird <laughs> she's, Abi- it had no Amazing. fucking rhyme or reason she's like she didn't even know she did it until afterwards A friend's like yeah you made a fucking b-list on the front of the classroom <laughs> like she does the craziest things like i wouldn't say it's exactly mimicking a drunk but like like a slow like a sloth in a drunk person like kind of meshed together yes the symptoms she came over to my house once, and she was supposed to watch my kids. And I was like, test your blood sugar before I go. Like, I wanted to make sure. She was acting so weird. And then she went to her purse, and she's, like, going to get her monitor. She's, like, going around in her purse for, like, 14 minutes. I'm like, what are you doing in your purse over there? She's like, why are you yelling
1: at me? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, yes, it can. But that being said, that it's not going to give you the alcohol content. That's a in lot of
1: blood. booze. That's a lot of booze, That's man. a lot
0: of booze. So, over 10 drinks. That's what it was that she was at, and she still had more in her stomach that hadn't been digested. Mm -hmm. So it was like recent. You know what I mean?
1: Or she hooping it? No.
0: Matt, do you mean putting it in her bum?
1: Well, butt chugging is a thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. They would, yes, and tan with tampons too. You soak vodka, you soak a tampon in vodka.
0: Don't you get toxic shock syndrome? (laughs)
1: Uh, I've never done it. Oh, okay. So I don't know.
0: Oh, okay. So who has done it that you know?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It might be one of those urban myths Can from you high call school. Them?
0: <laughs> so, you know. Can you call them? Yeah, Get them on right the pod up. right now, please. <laughs> so they didn't want, you know, their family member to be the one that killed all these people. That Like, if Diane seriously had some sort of a medical episode, they wanted to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So they decided to do their own investigation. And not only did this go completely who Diane was when she drank and smoked all this weed with alcohol levels that were what they were, like I said, it would have been over 10 drinks. And she was openly, she must have been openly smoking weed in front of the children, right?
1: I would think. You, you would you, have you, to be. Like, you, you can't really, I mean, the, the smoke is a pretty stinky thing. Like right. How do you hide it?
0: And like, wouldn't Emma have mentioned that to her father? Like, She's
1: smoking weed.
0: Yeah. And little Brian, he survived. And they have asked him multiple times, like, what was going on with your mom? And he was like, mommy just said her head hurt and she couldn't see. Mm. So remember, she did go into Sunoco looking for those pain pills, though. Yeah. So then they started to wonder, you know, because she'd even spoken with Jackie at 1137. Like, do you think that this, the girls' moms, if they thought that there was any chance that she was inebriated to this point, like she would have said something? Mm Mm-hmm. So she didn't think that there was anything wrong with their conversation. And then it was 23 minutes later that she started this insane, aggressive driving. So her husband and her sister-in-law.
1: Yeah, you're slamming you that must bottle.
0: You must have been.
1: Right, straight up hooch. Wow. Like, to
0: me, I feel like 23 minutes is like, even if she got off the phone and just slammed a bottle right then and there, it wouldn't even take, like it would be slowly, gradually starting to feel the effects. But like, I don't know. It just seems such a short period of time.
1: Yeah, we should do an experiment. Fine, let's you, go. Go get the let's, let's,
0: go get the vodka.
1: I am <laughs> sure there's a giant bottle of Kirkland vodka around here somewhere. There's
0: no such thing as Kirkland vodka.
1: Have you never had Kirkland vodka? You're wearing
0: a Kirkland signature sweater right
1: now. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Got to support the team. <laughs> is there one down here? No, they don't.
0: Oh, it's gone. Your parents took oh, is this one on
1: here. No, that's something else.
0: Never mind. Kirkland vodka.
1: Yeah, and it's huge too. It's like this big and it's it tastes like, uh, what's Puff Daddy's? Ciroc. It's like a triple distilled or something.
0: I only drink wine. I don't know anything about vodka.
1: Mm, me neither, really.
0: When I was listening to a different podcast on this case, so they were saying that you can't smell vodka. But you can if you sweat it out, you can smell it.
1: You can definitely smell vodka. On your breath? I would think so.
0: They said that that was the thing. Robin Williams apparently was a big vodka guy and so he wouldn't drink it because or he would drink it and then people wouldn't know because he they couldn't smell it on his breath but then he would start to sweat when he did like all of his big animated routines and then they could smell it in his sweat
1: what the yeah wow weird
0: yeah so they decided that they were going to hire this private investigator who continually was asking them for tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. he wanted to take all of the autopsy results have everything retested and make sure everything was correct you know, that's a pretty fucking important job. Like, if you're an autopsy person and you, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to retest those. <laughs> yeah, that's like the <laughs> that's ME, Like, job. you're the
1: medical examiner. Yeah. Like, that's a big, yeah.
0: Um, But when the documentarians of this, the HBO special, they were trying to call this private investigator. And he was saying that uh, if they wanted that information, if they wanted those test results that he had had done mm-hmm. after he charged the husband and sister-in-law, like, I think, $35,000. He told them that it would be a ballpark of about twenty dollars to $25,000 for him to get those results for them. And they were like, this is a documentary. Like, it's not... Yeah. We don't have that kind of money. It's right. Avatar 3. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, well, to be perfectly honest, then it's just, it's not really worth my time. Like, I have clients that walk in and they're spending tens of thousands of dollars a day. So, like, to me, to go back into the archives and find, like, these results, like, it's not worth my time. And I'm thinking, like, isn't that what their money went towards? Like, yeah. Like, shouldn't they have those results? Would, yeah, right? Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> what did they spend money on then? Yeah. Like, just you having it? The peace of mind that you had it. And you get to keep it now? <laughs> so, they did bring in Warner Spitz, which is he... Do you, they did? Yeah, do you know who that is? No. Oh.
1: Forensic accountant. <laughs> is he a forensic accountant?
0: <laughs> a pathologist. Forensic Damn pathologist. it. But he was, um, when we did the West Memphis 3, he was like one of the ones that was. Remember, we did the West Memphis 6? Yes. He was yes. one of the, the specialists that was. That was fucking yeah, that was a big one. Sad, man. That was, that was a big one. Um, but he basically confirmed what the autopsy report said. And like, he tried to be really nice. But uh, I mean, they were like, <laughs> yeah. it was so funny because they were like, because they got her medical records. Okay. And like, one thing, first of all, I don't think the husband knew everything about her that he thought he knew about Mm -hmm. her because like she was getting ambien like the sleeping Sleeping medication she was getting prescriptions for that regularly and he's like oh i have no idea but then she had an abscess which an abscess is a big fucking deal
1: it's infection right yeah and if you
0: don't get it treated it's not just gonna go away like there's a lot of things that can happen like if it breaks off it can go you're like I think it's like three times more likely to have a hard episode if you have an abscess that's not treated. It can break off. It can go to your brain. Like mm-hmm. I did, make a list of the different things that it can cause. That I'll go oh, over. this'll be fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another fun list. Time now for everything scary segment. It's Lynn's list. What are we learning about today, Lynn?
0: Abscesses. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say that he was like. Maybe if she had a stroke or some sort of an episode, maybe she thought the vodka was water, and she just chugged, chug chugged. Chug. But Werner Schmitz mm. was like, no. Yeah, it's
1: a reach, because then where's the vodka? The pot.
0: Where'd the pot come from? That's what I was thinking. Oh, was like, cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe if she saw this bottle and was like, oh, I can't see properly because I'm having some sort of a brain episode. Let me chug this water. Right. But then there's fucking weed in there, too. So and Let me
1: light this harmless cigarette. Wait a second. <laughs> Is um, this
0: incense? Let me taste it. I am feeling Ooh. groovy. I'm going to
1: light this sage and bless this van. Oh, no.
0: So Daniel and Jay would go through the medical records, like I said, and they got all of these things that her husband didn't seem to know a lot about her. Mm. <laughs> and even, like, the stuff about her mom um, leaving the family, her husband didn't know that. Like...
1: That's kind of odd.
0: And her friends knew it, but like he said that like she would kind of clam up a little bit when the thing about her mom came up so he just didn't push it anymore. But it's if, like they were together for 13 years. You don't think that like at some point you'd be like, "So like that what where's your mom?
1: Where's yeah, your mom, dude?" That's like the only <laughs> part of dating that's worthwhile is talking shit about your family to somebody that you love <laughs> and care about, right? Not what good, else eh? is dating about? Nothing.
0: Wow, this is awkward turtle (laughs) so yeah like i don't know like maybe that abscess was gonna rupture maybe that's why she had to stop for these pain meds
1: i don't know
0: i i know that if i have and i've had a car full of screaming kids yeah i'm not fucking stopping unless a limb's about to fall off like get me from point a to point b as fucking quick as possible yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like so if she was stopping i i have to think that maybe she was in a pretty great deal of pain So, here's like the things that I kind of went through. Like, Mm -hmm. how could she have drank that much in such a short period of time? Was she a closeted alcoholic? Like, maybe she'd actually just been drinking all day, but it went undetected because she was a seasoned drinker.
1: Or opposite, maybe she, because she doesn't drink, maybe she didn't drink that much. Maybe she didn't consume. I don't think
0: your blood alcohol is going to lie. The
1: is that not how it works?
0: No, the effect that it has on you could be enhanced if you're not used to it but your blood alcohol is the same regardless
1: oh so tolerance level does not come into oh no no that's
0: that's a medical measurement
1: so if i which i can't but let's say i could handle my alcohol if i have two beers Mm -hmm. it's going to show up and i could be so stone sober but could blow over
0: well i mean your height and weight and all that kind of stuff go into it too right like it's not if it's against you, and then like an eighty pound woman, an eighty year old woman. Like they're gonna be, your blood alcohol is gonna be different because your body's metabolizing them differently. She's eighty
1: pounds and eighty years she's, old. She's really old, and she's drinking. <laughs>
0: I was actually just thinking of my grandma because it's her birthday in a a couple weeks. And she's 83 pounds and she's turning
1: 90. Oh, my God. And she drinks wine. She's got to gain seven pounds in a couple of days.
0: (laughs) So she's 90 and 90
1: 90 pounds. 90, 90. 90. Those
0: beauty numbers, baby. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it could make sense that she was a seasoned drinker. Her husband didn't know about a lot of stuff about her, so maybe that was just also something. But, like, also she's a breadwinner. She's fucking making crafts. She's doing all that kind of stuff, like.
1: Oh, yeah, super PTA mom. Super
0: PTA mom. hmm So maybe there's that. Maybe he just didn't know as much about her as he thought he did. But maybe mm-hmm. as she was driving, she began to feel immense pain and decided to, like, take a swig of alcohol in order to push through the pain. hmm Maybe mm-hmm. she'd stopped for those meds, but, you know, wouldn't the children have seen her drinking this giant bottle? Like, that's one that I can't get past. But maybe she had her McDonald's cup and poured I was some, just going
1: to say, we don't know that she was drinking from the bottle.
0: Directly from the bottle, yeah. Because yeah. so the
1: cup only ended up by her feet after the accident. So, right. not necessarily was there the whole time. She could have, like you said, yeah, filled up her cup and.
0: Just been taking swigs out of the McDonald's cup. Yeah. oh my god but then of course there's the weed in order for the weed to be in her that would have to be premeditated right like this isn't something like my tooth just started to hurt let me smoke this pot that i'd already purchased Mm -hmm. like it's not kind of like it's in the truck because they went camping and like her friends and her husband and yeah there's a
1: lot of steps there's a lot of steps
0: to rolling up a joint and smoking it yes And I know, because I'm a huge pothead. Have you
1: ever smoked a joint?
0: I've eaten edibles.
1: But have you ever smoked a joint?
0: Oh, when I was a teenager, I did. I threw up a bunch from smoking joints.
1: Nice. I bet you people loved hanging out with you.
0: Because I would always bark. (laughs) (laughs) I...
1: Hey, you want to hit this? Yeah, sure.
0: I remember the one of the last times my girlfriend that I'd been friends with my entire life, she came over and we, we went up to the corner of my backyard and we like smoked a joint. <laughs> then we came back downstairs and I was just lying on the couch and I felt so nauseous and she just kept talking to me. And I was like, she keeps talking to me. I'm going to bark. And she did. Making me sick. And I the did. The sound of
1: your voice is making
0: me sick. <laughs> the sound of your voice is making me act. <laughs> but yeah. So, and then there's kind of what a lot of the witnesses thought was Diane suicidal? And mm. if she was, there wasn't a single other person in her life that had even the slightest idea right. about it. And like, would she have taken down the children with her? Like, that's fucking, that's a whole other level of mm-hmm. like, Mental illness to yeah. make you take down a car full of children. So maybe if she was in that pain and added a little bit of vodka to a McDonald's cup and then didn't realize it until it was too late and she drank way more than she intended, like mm-hmm. it just seems to have gone against everything that everyone knew about her as a human being.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that I, I think sometimes we uh, tend to discount just somebody just having enough and just snapping. Really? And just uh, the, the stress that, like- on the levy is too hard. You know, you got to keep it up with the Joneses. You're trying to keep up everything and then you just.
0: Yeah, yeah. To me, one of the things that's like, I'm sure you've tied one off. Like you've had a good run at some alcohol before, right? Oh, yeah. But like, and you know, I, I I've never driven under the influence. I mm-hmm. don't plan on it. But I would think that at the drunkest I've ever been, To be driving into oncoming traffic and having all those cars and this kid screaming and crying in the back to have people honking their horns and swerving out of the way. Like, aren't you going to have that, like, snap back to reality for a quick second at one point and be like, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever been so drunk that I'm just blindly putting myself completely at risk. Like, I've never just walked into traffic.
1: And, you know, there are stories of people, it does happen. That are sober, that go into oncoming traffic, and it's just people just get confused sometimes. And maybe it was a bunch of factors. Maybe it wasn't just one thing that happened to Diane.
0: I don't know, man. I just find it to be such a interesting, sad, tragic case. Like, it seemed like, you know, 23 minutes before this all happened, she was able to have a coherent, mm-hmm. normal conversation, and then she killed eight people.
1: Maybe it was a calculated plan. That's sick, though. Really? Right? Yeah.
0: I mean, it could be anything. People are it's, fucked. There's nothing that's, like, off limits right now because it's all so fucking weird. hmm Anyways, that's kind of... Wow. It's a really, really scary case. What's well, um,
1: on HBO? What happened? What is it? What ha- Something called, wrong? It's
0: uh, called There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, and you can watch it on YouTube for free.
1: Jack butts. Yeah.
0: You know, for me, I can... Fully go against what her husband and her sister-in-law are saying, right? Like, they're like, there's absolutely no way they she would never do this. 1,000%. I don't fucking know her from a hole in the ground. So I can say, maybe she would.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't know <laughs> her either, apparently.
0: Exactly. But the autopsy doesn't lie. That's the thing.
1: Now, I know that if you take Ambien and you stay awake on You're it. You're, again, it can... just
0: talking about the effects, though. We're talking alcohol and THC in her system.
1: Right. Now, I will yes. tell you,
0: there's a syndrome that's called auto-brewery syndrome. It's like a yeast or a bacteria in your system that kind of grow out of control and it ends up fermenting. Yes. And so we all have fermenting organisms, but this is a rare condition where it grows out of control. And it actually, not only do you mimic the symptoms of being drunk, but it does produce an alcohol in your blood system.
1: Yes. I have heard of this disease actually.
0: Yeah. So it's very rare.
1: Yeah. And Um, they burp all the time
0: that's hot. Yeah. Just some weird little drunk person burping. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Cheap date. (laughs) So, you know, then it takes the carbohydrates that come into your body. And of course, as you can imagine, the syndrome goes undiagnosed, right? Because it's like, you get somebody coming up, chilling. In. Uh, okay.
1: Okay, uh, like, yeah. Okay, Garth. Yeah, and that's like a long, played out disease. Played, out I don't mean that word, but I mean like <laughs> it's long drawn out. So, like the twenty three minutes, I mean, she, no, would, she right. would have had that forever.
0: And again, then we still come back to the THC. Like I, You love
1: coming back to the weed.
0: Well, you can't discount it, right? Because that if it mean. was just one or the other, maybe not even one or the other, but just the alcohol, you could be like, maybe she did have a stroke. Maybe she did have this auto syndrome. Maybe this did happen. Like, who fucking knows? Mm-hmm. But when you have two different things that don't lie in an autopsy, the end yeah. result is probably the same. So now it's just Daniel and Brian. Um, when this documentary came out, which was 2011... Jay, the sister-in-law, was taking care of Brian three to four days a week and weekends.
1: Wait. Yeah. What?
0: Three to four days a week and weekends. Isn't,
1: that, s- isn't that all of it? <laughs> isn't it, Wait, is that not 24-7? Am I what? crazy? Is that all hold, the time? Hold on. The math.
0: I'm just going to do the math real quick here. Yeah, it's pretty much all the time. (laughs) Like, I mean... But Jay says that he... She also feels right now that Daniel's really mad at Diane. Uh, She... And this was, again, 12, 13 years ago. But she said that he didn't want to have kids. He wanted to have kids. And now he's here by himself taking care of a kid. And it's Mm. actually really, really fucking sad to watch pretty selfish Um, thing to say it's a really selfish thing to because the kid's
1: gonna fucking see that that's an awful thing to say yeah but it's an awful thing to think yeah say
0: and he's so cute too like now of course he has to wear these little glasses and he has to do these eyes exercises and he's just so fucking cute Mm -hmm. like he really is and then like at the end of the they're just showing them like walking into like a forest and like they're so awkward with each other like the dad kind of goes to grab his hand and then brian goes to grab his hand it's like they're not they don't I don't know. It was making me really sad and kind of sappy to watch. You know, Jay said too that Brian tries to grieve and he'll say that he misses his sister and he misses his mom. And instead of talking to him about it, Daniel will be like, okay, well, I miss him too. Like, I don't know what you want from me.
1: Oh, what a piece of shit. It is not a competition.
0: Yeah. My
1: God, the poor kid.
0: Yeah. So the parents of the three nieces, um, naturally, fucking devastated that was their entire lives yeah they did take legal action against diane's estate i didn't find the outcome but they were hmm. suing daniel it's just more sadness to add on top of it really daniel, in your
1: family fight yeah
0: yeah one great thing is that jackie the mother did get pregnant again in 2011 and she gave birth to a little girl named casey oh, nice. who looks so much like her older sisters it's crazy really yeah um the mom still will leave on social media beautiful heart to this day every time one of the girls birthdays passes it's mm-hmm. Jesus' these big um beautiful messages and they run a foundation called the emma allison and kate hance family foundation this foundation is designed to enhance self-esteem increase body positivity awareness improve problem solving and help build healthy relationship skills for women and girls of all ages
1: Wow, that's like everything. I know, it's a lot. What a fucking organization (laughs) that is. Wow.
0: Also, because of this accident, the governor of New York at the time, David Patterson, introduced the Child Passenger Protection Act, which makes it a felony to drive under the influence if there were children under the age of 16 in the car. So it's a felony now. Right. Which it probably should just be anyway, so I don't know.
1: (laughs) We don't have misdemeanors or felonies here, do we? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's just like crime. Yeah, it's crime.
0: So crime. that's the horribly tragic and very confusing story of Diane Schuler and the inspiration for the HBO documentary, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane.
1: Wow. Bizarre.
0: I know. What do you think? Because I was like, when I was talking to my parents today about it, I'm like, Matt's going to be like, nope, she was drunk. Nope. Black and white. She had alcohol in her system. She's drunk. Well, she was.
1: Right? Well, yes, I think. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, you're 100% correct. <laughs> right. I think she was probably a closet alcoholic. You and, think so? Uh, right? Kept everything. And then, yeah, that's what. Uh, and I think that maybe she just snapped. Maybe the pressures of of life got to her.
0: God, I think it would be so hard to be a closet al- alcoholic, don't you? Mm. Especially doing everything, being the in people's faces. Thriving
1: would be. Like, how, how, like, when, like, these functional 24-7 alcoholics, like, how do they get anywhere? Like, when I'm <laughs> drinking, I am fucking useless. Like, I I tried to park my parents' golf cart when I was drunk, like, in the driveway of the trailer park. And I was, like, 18 turns into a, a three-point turn. I was like, all right, you know what? It's not for me
0: that's funny okay well i would love to hear what anybody else has to say because i i can't draw any real conclusions from this story
1: i don't know i don't know what to think do you think you should even framed? conspiracies or any any of that in this or? yeah
0: you know a lot of people are like i'm going to frame a 36 year old no, mother coming home <laughs> from, from camping <laughs> and then i'm going to make myself the what is it when you get all of her estate which uh, is not going to work benefactor. anyway. yeah
1: But it's not going to work. Which you're going to lose to the sister-in-law.
0: And you had to spend all that money on booze.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And all
0: those fake autopsy reports. I don't know. I don't really know. And all that
1: change that you may or may not have used for the toll. We (laughs) don't know yet.
0: (laughs) The problem is we need to figure this out, folks. Yes. All right, guys. Let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye.